Hey, everybody. Thank you again for joining in to the Be a Beacon podcast. It's me, Les Henderson. And again, I am honored and privileged to have someone very special on the show tonight. I have Kai Brown, a.k.a. Stud Slayer. A lot of y'all yes. know her. A lot of y'all know the king. A lot of y'all know the daddy. Y'all know her. You know, so I'm um, so thank you for coming on today. Oh, you know, man, you know how to gas. I love that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love that. Say I think mean, I would get I would bow right now, you know, oh, if no. this was in person, oh, you know. No, no, you, no, no you. bless it. <laughs> no, no. Uh, I'm honored to be here. Thank you for having me. Thank you for, you know, I'm riding off such a huge high off this weekend and you know, I get to have another great conversation with great people. So I'm really, really honored and grateful and thankful to be here. So thank you. Wonderful. And this past weekend, you know, was great. Um, of course, you, by the time you guys hear this, it uh, Memorial Day weekend would have been over. And you guys know a few episodes back, I interviewed uh, Lee of uh, Maker's yes. Lab. So you guys Uncle definitely. Lee. Yes. Shout out again, yes. Uncle Lee. Yes. He is the man. That's yes, man. for sure. So you man. all go back and y'all can, you know, also listen to uh, the podcast with him. Great episode. But tonight I'm definitely focused on uh, on Kai and everything that she has contributed to this community. And Kai, the reason I asked you, because one of the main things I've always admired about you was just how you live in your truth your attractions, it's just completely incredible. Because in our community, especially in the Black queer community, it can still be these hangups, you know, with, oh, studs have to be with femmes and mm -hmm. vice versa. It's not okay. Two studs, people are like, well, what, what, why? Oh, what's right. that? You know, and right. people want to start slinging the word, excuse my language, everybody fagging around or, you know, right. it's like you got to go back in a closet, go in a closet within a closet and that makes no damn sense, you know, and, you know, right. We've already came out of a closet. So, uh, Kai, I just want to, you know, talk to you more. When, well, let's take it back a little bit. When, uh, when did you realize you were just, you were attracted to women, period? Oh, man. Um, I would have to say is probably young as second grade, because I remember a specific classmate of mine. I'm, I won't mention her name for privacy reasons, but a specific classmate of mine that I was just, just obsessed with, like just enamored with. I, I made it my point to sit beside her all the time. I made it my point to be near her in line. Whatever we was doing, I made it my point to be around her on the bus. It didn't matter. And I remember <clears throat> I used to spend my ice cream money on her. You know, I would get her <laughs> a big cookie or whatever ice cream she wanted. And I just, I just, yeah. So second grade. And then I remember also too, like just always, just wanting to be around women and just looking at them, like staring at them, like, you know, their features and just, you know, I would, you know, I'm pretty sure at a young age I could articulate, you know, ooh, she's pretty or something like that. So pretty young, pretty young. I didn't know what I was doing in second grade, obviously, right, but right. I just knew that this particular girl was just everything to me. And I did that for like two grades in a row. So yeah. And then it just, you know, it, I guess it never stopped really so for as really as long as I can remember I've known that you know I've been gay and I, I don't really like men I don't want to date them so very young mm -hmm. right no I, I get you and that that's where I was you know as well you just know you know at an early just know. age exactly yeah. even if you can't articulate it or don't understand what you know you just know what you know 
Right. I'm like, you know. I can remember being a kid watching Living Single, like, oh, wow, you know, okay, what is it about these women, you know? So yes. I. <laughs> that I was definitely... a blackity black ass show. Was yes, it not? Like, for sure. Legendary, legendary. If it would have gotten the amount of press and, and um, advertisement and support as Friends, who, you know, is a knockoff of that, then man, let me tell you. <laughs> rich bitch them residual oh, checks sure. would be nice right? <laughs> i would never work again like straight right. up. but yeah but but definitely shows like living single where you show very strong dark-skinned women you know and and my mom is dark-skinned and i always thought she was pretty so that's actually my attraction we're being honest like i love right. a real dark-ass woman blackity blacker the blacker she can be the blacker i like it so for sure um, for sure yeah yeah that's that's my thing so yeah, definitely shows like that, you know, you can't keep your eyes off them because you, you see a representation of you and the people in your community and they're so beautiful and they're so talented and so smart. So definitely attracted to all of that. Right. And, and I mean, I think living single, like you said, it was like the, the bar for almost all black lesbians, really? you know, really? especially of a certain age. So. Really, and, really. And yep. When, you know, so as you got older, you know, it's established, hey, I, I love women, I'm attracted to women, I'm not attracted to men in that way. Uh -huh. What was, when did you realize, okay, well, I'm really attracted to masculine of center women, studs, just women along the masculine spectrum? Uh, okay, so, you know, I played basketball as my sport of choice. And I played basketball, you know, my whole life, like from little peewee basketball, all the way on up, you know, to high school when I graduated. Um, but AAU is what really kicked it off. So you know about uh, the AAU, Amateur Athletic right. Union, I think it's called. So, you know, you have a lot of summer games and a lot of league games and stuff like that. So I'm doing a lot of traveling with, you know, other boys. And, you, you know, you by junior high, you know, you kind of establish – kind of who and what you think you want to be. So, you know, if you were on the masculine side, we definitely knew that. And there was a lot of masculine girls <clears throat> on the basketball team. So, you know, we're traveling to different games, different parts of the state, different states sometimes. And, you know, you have sleepovers and stuff and you have long bus rides and stuff. So, uh, so you build a camaraderie, right? Cause you're teammates and you build friendships. And then again, because you're, traveling together all the time you, you spend a lot of time with them it's almost like a family right right and you just sure. you grow those little bonds and back then uh honestly we weren't really stuck up on labels per se i don't think i mean at that point we were just trying to hide being gay because it's not like it was is widely accepted and wide open as it is now i think i'm i'm showing my age a little bit but it, it just wasn't it still wasn't easy for us growing up so we wasn't more concerned about is it a stud or is it a femme, but just we don't want to be labeled as gay. And of course, automatically, if you were on the girls basketball team, you were automatically assumed to be gay. So you had to fight yeah. that. So we definitely had some closeted ones who didn't want, they wanted to play basketball, but then they didn't want to be outed. So it was a tough choice. Some did not play basketball because they didn't want to be associated with being gay, being a lesbian. So I think <clears throat> that's where my attraction to other masculine women came from is, you know, we started off as friends and teammates and then, you know, it morphed into a love and then you just start, you know, you're curious about stuff and you touching on each other and you kissing on each other. So 
a lot of it was proximity. I mean, just by spending a lot of time with other masculine girls, that's where I wanted to be. And I just, I literally fell in love with them. And it's just been that way ever since. Like that is my go-to thing. You know how, you know how you have a certain type or there's, there's a certain aesthetic you like. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, uh, the majority of masculine women, you know, they're going to be with a femme presenting person, you know, and that's what you see. But that's not my natural inclination. If I'm walking down the street and I see a femme and I see a stud walking towards me, I'm going to, I'm going to look at that stud first every single time without question. That's what I'm going to pay attention to first. And, you know, that's, that's just, so that's very natural for me. Like, I can't even help it. Seriously. I, it's just something that is, and it's just always been. So that's where I'm at. <laughs> and, hey, you know, and something that. that, something that strong, like, so I knew that, like, I knew I wasn't going to be able to fight it or hide it. Right. So I might as well just embrace it and just do it, you know, and, and just be unapologetically proud about it. So yeah, this is what I like. This is what I do. What are you going to do about it? You know, I was always, I was a big kid. I've always been pretty big. So, I mean, you know, if I had to, I mean, I'd just fight you. I don't care. You know, whatever. <laughs> right. But I'm going to be me and I'm going to do me. So that was established pretty young. You know, I like what I like and I'm going to do what I want to do. And so, it, yeah, it, that, there you go right there. And it's just been that way ever since. And that's what's up. And that, you know, that's how it should be. You just let it flow. And I know you've, you know, you've, you've traveled, you know, you've been, you know, around, have you found, you know, stuff for stuff relations challenging in certain parts of the country compared to others? Yes. Down South, I would say, cause I'm a Southern boy. I'm from down South. That's not a thing. Right. <laughs> like oh yeah and that's the thing in the south it's like okay we, we still follow a lot of heteronormativity you know in, in lesbian relationships right you're right uh you're right and so anything other than um uh, a femme dom relationship like that's crazy i think where i found actually the most acceptance i would have to say like brooklyn new york like that is such a melting pot wow. of queer identities. I mean, you literally get everything under the rainbow and then some. So uh, that's, that's where I think I felt the most freest in terms of being in a space where I'm around people that really don't give a damn about who you're sleeping with, what you look like, how you present and all of that. So that was my most freeing space or my most freeing city, you know, to be in. Um, but definitely it's a little oppressive down south. Um, I can't say about other countries, because I've definitely been to other countries, but however, because I was in the Marine Corps, a lot of my relationships were centered within, you know, the United States Armed Forces. So I can't like, you know what I'm saying? If I was messing with another boy, it was, you know, on base or somewhere like that. I wouldn't say that, you know, I was out in the country that we were at doing that. So I don't have a, I don't have an opinion about that, but. right. In terms of the most pushback, definitely down south or anybody that's from the south, minus Atlanta. Atlanta is just woo. The gays took over Atlanta. <laughs> yeah, and yeah it's for just, sure. It's just it's Atlanta is southern Brooklyn, like straight up. Yeah. So, but yeah, so down south, I definitely even with my family, you know, I've taken a couple of partners down home, and they're looking at me like, "What the, what the hell is that?" And it's always funny how straight people 
have an opinion on that. They'd be like, wait a minute, which one's the girl and which one's the boy? Like, that's what they're so used to seeing. That right, even they right. get confused when they see two studs together. They don't get confused when they see two femmes together. They understand that. But they, they lose their damn marbles when they see two studs. They don't understand that. So they're definitely, you know, asking crazy questions. So, yeah. That yeah. was out for the challenge. <laughs> Yeah, Cali is free too. Cali is pretty free. Cool. The Bay Area, LA. Let me, yeah, let me say that. So New York and Cali have been very uh, open-minded and free, and you know, just you know what I'm saying? Because you know, those are the two biggest queer communities. They got San Francisco, Oakland, Alameda, and California, and then you know, in New York, you got you know Brooklyn and other hot spots. So they are fine. I've had some of the best experiences there. But anywhere else, like down south, and yeah, that's yeah, <laughs> very challenging. Right now, it, now when you mentioned down south, have you found studs that wanted to have more just uh, DL relations with you instead of you know just being outward about a relationship? Or you're like, I don't allow that in my life. Oh no, I'm gonna tell you straight up. Um, I don't think that's just down south. That that really is my life. Like. The majority of the people that I mess with, they are down low for whatever reason. Either it's because they don't want to come out and saying they like studs, or maybe they're in a relationship slash situationship with somebody <laughs> else and they don't want that to be told. Because, you know, I don't ask no questions. I'm right. single, therefore I am not cheating. I am not anybody's moral compass. I'm not going to sit up here and tell you, you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't that. We all grown. So if if right. whatever you got going on in your household causes you to come over here, that's not my problem. So I'm going to tell y'all right now, and I know some people are going to be like, that's some trifling shit. But, I mean, that's it is what it is. I don't force anybody to do anything. I'm not breaking anybody's arm to come be with me, come see me. That's your decision. Fine. I know I'm in the good because I'm always right. open honest about what I do. And I'm single, so I can do what I want to do. But just, you know, the nature of me has always been secrecy. So, you know, other than when I've been with somebody, and I've been single for five years now, so I haven't been in a relationship in a very long time. Uh, that was probably the most you saw me with somebody when I was in that particular relationship. Because, you know, we were out everywhere in D.C. But since then, you know, everybody knows that I do what I do, but they never really have a clue who I do it with. Right. You might see me hugged up on somebody in the club or something like that. Those are the rare moments when you might get a, a glimpse or, or a sighting of who I'm messing with at the time. But on general, you never know who I'm messing because I don't post anything. I don't post pictures. I don't post names. So I move under the umbrella of anonymity. And I think that's why I'm able to be with boys that way. I mean, there's some safety in not being judged on their end. Now, I know you're wondering, you know, how does that fit with my life and my mantra, so to speak, of being open and unapologetically you? I'm not even going to front and say I didn't struggle with that, like, in the beginning, because I'm like, you can't be with me and be closeted and be this and be that. Right. But as I've gotten older and, and the more I've been involved with these boys and the more I hear their stories and the more, you know, the more experience I have, I know that there's levels to this shit. And there, there's reasons why. I don't have to like it, but, you know, it's for them. It's for their safety. It's for their comfort. And I have to respect that. So I'm not, you know, I'm definitely not into outing anybody or 
oh, that's why you let me X, Y, Z. Like, I don't do any of those things. And that establishes trust. And word of mouth is great. So once people know that, you know, they know I'm not going to say anything. They know I'm going to be discreet. They know I don't put my business out in the street. You know, then they're fine. They're fine. So uh, I continue to operate that way. And I continue um, to allow whoever I'm with to dictate uh, <clears throat> to dictate, you know, the terms, you know, for their safety and comfort. And I'm fine with that. Um, but I'm also not, you know, here's the thing though, too, for me, I'm not really going to sit up here and advertise who I'm sleeping with unless I, I you know, I'm with them. Right. right. To me, that's met to me. That's just messy. And it's unnecessary. You know, it, like, again, if you see me out with somebody, cause I go out to probably, right. you know, all around DC, you may see me with somebody, fine. You caught that in real time, now you know. But I'm not about posting pictures because they may be here on Wednesday and be gone by Friday, never to be seen or heard of again because I'm done, they're done, we're done. You know, I don't know how long that's going to last. I'm not about flashing pictures of myself and whoever. You know what I'm saying? Because they might not stick around long enough. So, yeah, I, yeah, not doing that. Right, and people take that shit so serious. They'll oh, be like, seriously. Well, Kai, what, what happened? You just posted on Sunday. It's Friday. I don't see her no more. So, you, you know that. never <laughs> lied. You ain't, and I'm not about explaining myself. Right. To nosy <laughs> mofos. Like, but you ain't never lied. You're right. Because they are quick to be in my inbox. Like, ooh. You're like, no. So there's nothing to get in my inbox about. If you don't know, you don't know. But I, I guarantee you, I'm with somebody. You just don't know who. Right. And I'm fine with that. You know, that's fine. And that's, you know, that's definitely what's up. And all you're doing is keeping it 100. A, a lot of people, you know, do live, you know, you know, do live like that. And a lot of people are like, hey, you know, what you do is up to you. If you're having issues with your relationship, you need to talk it over with your partner. So, you know, you're just keeping it 100. And, you know, and you I'm, know, I, you know, People think I'm a home wrecker, and I've called myself that jokingly. But I, you know, listen, I'm not. I, I'm not out to wreck anybody's home because when when they put you out, you can't come stay with me. So that's not an option. Oh I'd shit! You, I'd rather you be over there with your boo. You know, again, I don't know what's going on in your house, and I'm not going to ask any questions. Now, if you choose to disclose and tell me and seek my advice, that's a different story. But I'm not going to pry. Whatever brought you over to my house, to my bed, you know, that's your business. That's your business. You know, I'm not going to say anything, so you ain't got to worry about me putting anything out there. And the rest of that is on you. Again, I'm not your moral compass. I'm not here to tell you you shouldn't cheat on your boo. I mean, you are grown as fuck. You know what you're doing. So if you made the decision to do that, that's on you. You live with it and carry on. But I'm, I'm, I'm not going to make that my problem. Right now, have you ever had that happen where the girl was messing around, you know, behind her partner's back with you and then she's knocking on your door like, hey, Kai, I need somewhere to stay. She kicked me out. I mean, have you ever had any crazy situations like that happen? No, but I'll tell you a story, a quick story. So I was messing, I was messing with this stud. Uh, we met, uh, she came in my inbox on uh, Instagram. And we were talking and, you know, next thing you know, she comes and visits, you know, I told her I would cook, you know, and then next thing you know, once I feed them, that's a wrap. Next thing you know, we were, we were in the bedroom doing the do, right? So, right. and it was, it was cute. It was really cute. You know, I liked her. She was, she was funny, you know, it was cute. 
So we're messing around, we're messing around. We're like messing around for two months. And I, you know, as, as we're messing around, I find out, she tells me she has a girlfriend. I kind of figured that. I've been doing this a long time, so I already knew that. But again, I don't ask questions. I'm waiting for you to tell me what's up. So she's like, because I could tell by the hours that she's coming over my house, because I live alone. Right. So, you know, if you're coming over my house, like late, 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 or <laughs> right? like weird hours, like weird hours, like early, early, early in the morning, or you know, shit like that, you got a boo. So I'm like, dumb, okay. So, you know, I, she tells me that, okay, it's fine. I don't have an issue with it. You know, just, just keep the drama out my house. And cool. Okay, cool. So I think we're about like two and a half months in. I get a text from a film that I used to mess with. And she's like, hey, big head, how you doing? You know what's up when you get them hey, right. big Right, oh yeah, that's oh right. yeah, that's oh, the key right man, there. <laughs> that's the key. So I started laughing. I was like, what you want, girl? She was like, you know, I miss you, daddy. And I was like, oh, you must be going with some drama in your house. <laughs> like, she said, you know how them niggas do. They ain't shit, but I can always go run back to my daddy. I was like, yes, you can. <laughs> so she comes over, you know, because I, I used to mess with her before. So we banging, right, we right, banging, right. we banging, we banging, you know, like back to old times. And I actually missed her because let me tell you something about films in the middle of this story films smell so good films put in the extra work boys oh for I sure for sure boys <laughs> are just lazy they lazy they just put on a little box of brief and try to be spraying that nasty ass axe on and be <laughs> yeah hey, i'm not here for that but are I you hear that boys I, don't use x boys don't, don't use x you can moisturize, boo. You can get you some moisturize, like some for real, for real stuff to moisturize your skin. You don't have to buy the men's shit because it seems more masculine, okay? Okay. But, uh, you know, so I actually missed her. So, you know, we're, we're going at it. So, you know, so now I've got two active partners, right? So I'm really having to schedule, you know, when I can fit them in. So fast forward, maybe like, I think maybe three weeks goes by where I'm, I'm, I'm having sex with both of them, right? Not right. at the same time, but I'm juggling them both, right? I think I was waiting on a train and I was like, it was like a long wait. So I was bored of shit. I was on Instagram. So Shorty came in my Instagram and she was following me, but I wasn't following her. But I don't know why, but I went to her page. Yo scroll down to like the middle of her page and I see the film that I'm fucking oh shit <laughs> <laughs> I never I never saw uh the film you know because the film didn't post any I knew she had a new boo because that's why me and her stopped talking because she said you know I don't cheat you know when I'm with somebody I'm with her I can respect that so as much as I missed her that's why when she hit me with the hey big head I was pressed I was like yes that's why I said you must have drama <laughs> So when she got with the with the boy, I let it go, right? But I guess, you know, whatever happened, and then the listen, I looked, and when I tell you my damn draw hit that damn third rail track in that metro station, I died. <laughs> it all made sense. I said, ain't this a bitch? Oh my but god. I literally I'm literally fucking a couple separate, like within days. Like I would see one on a Monday and then the other one on a Wednesday. Uh, and one time I had a Friday, Saturday combo. Like it oh, was shit. Woo. So, you know, I can't, I can't make this up. Like that was crazy. That's, that's what I'm saying. DC is small as shit. So oh, like, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I really, y'all don't understand the links I have to do to jump now. I, you know, I do know recon and I do be getting a little bit of information because I'm trying to make sure that I'm not 
you know, stepping over my moral boundaries as in, I, you know, I do vet to make sure I'm not about to be involved with one of my friends' ex or a, a close family member, you know, stuff like that, right? I don't, I don't do that. I, you know, that's, that's a no for me. But, you know, I do try to get some little information to make sure I'm not dipping in the wrong pool because, again, the DMV is very, very small. For sure. It always amazes me that people still do that here, especially here where, you know, people, I know people look at this as one of the largest queer communities, which is, which it is, but it's small. It's like, we all kind of know each other in some way, or we oh, know we somebody that knows somebody, you know, the six this is high school. For real, for real. DC is high school, straight up. You know, it's high school. You know, you all live in different sections going to right. that high school, but we all meet in the center and know everybody's business so yeah so so i have to you know i have to make sure i'm doing right so right. I, I do my due diligence to make sure i'm not causing any drama because that's something I, I don't i can't do that so yeah wow that is something i, I can imagine you were just like what the hell i, I started <laughs> laughing so hard i called my best friend i was like bitch <laughs> <laughs> She said, I can't with you. I said, girl, I can't with me. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Like, I can't. How am I supposed to know? You know, because, you know, I just, I, I didn't even know what to do. But that was hilarious. It was freaking hilarious. <laughs> oh, wow. Man. But yeah, that's my life in, in one story. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That is one for the books. We could have an episode just on that alone. <laughs> Listen, you talk about like shock. And it's just like, I'm glad to this day, I'm glad I went on her page. So now that's something I did. Because you know, it's weird. Like, I'm just not that type of person to be all up on somebody's page. First of all, I just really don't have time. Right. I barely have time. Listen, y'all, I'm also recruiting for a social, social media, I don't know, manager, because I don't even have time to manage my shit, let alone trying to be all up on somebody else's stuff, right? I know what you look like in person, so I'm like, I don't really have time to be on your page, but because that train was so long, I was just, you know, I was, let me go see, and I'm so glad I did, because that could have been real messy, but it resolved itself out, so I'm, I'm thankful that I did that. So now I tend to look. If I know... If I'm messing with somebody and I know their social media handle or something, like I'll peruse it to see who we have in common, what's going on, who you best friends with, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, it's nice to know those things. For sure. Woo! I think we're all recovering from that. <laughs> Listen, it took me a week. I told that story to everybody. They were dying. They was like, bitch, only you. I'm like, I know, right? right? Like, this, is, this is ridiculous ridiculous wow <laughs> so <laughs> wow. <laughs> all right so besides that i mean hopefully all those things haven't you know been so dramatic and you know <laughs> and you you have a lot you know you have a lot that's coming up and i'm so excited you know for you to discuss oh this goodness. you know with everybody <laughs> you know with everybody also so have you ran into any of any sit crazy situations, you know, with some of the work, you know, that you've done, like some, you know, some of your S for S uh, videos, have you ran into any of that? Like, well, maybe, you know, when someone sees you on the screen and they're like, wait a minute, why is she messing with her? That's my boo or that. Have you had anything crazy like that happened or has that been kind um, of smooth sailing for you? 
No, but I, you know, I've done podcasts and radio shows in the past, like, like you know, like 2012, right. 11, 12, 13-ish. And I did have like several films call me, you know, call into the radio station on the podcast and was like, you know, I know about you and there's no damn way in hell I would let my stud around you. And now I'm side eyeing all her friends. And oh y'all my God. And y'all are being deceptive. I mean, cause I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you examples, right? Like, but I don't blame this on me. I blame this on their lack of knowledge, lack of knowledge or their lack of due diligence or just them underestimating their partner or whatever. But I've actually messed around with a few boys and like their girlfriends done invited me. Like they literally introduced me to their girlfriend as their homie. Like, yo, you know, I play basketball with Kai. Listen, y'all, I'm 42 years old. I ain't played basketball. I couldn't even tell you the last time. So that's a whole last lie. Playing on dad. But I have a thing on my Twitter. Like it says, if your boy says she's out playing basketball with me, that's a lie. She's, I have her legs in the air. Some shit like that. That's true. Y'all that's true. But literally, you know, they'll introduce me to their girlfriend, like, you know, that's my homie. And then the girl, like, hey, you know, you know, come get a play. Let me feed you. I'm like, oh, man, she going to feed me and I'm going to fuck her boy as soon as she leave. Like, this is Ooh. unreal. So I definitely had that happen where they just had no idea whatsoever. They, she, you know, they thought that because we're both masculine, like, there's right. no possible way we could be fucking or their boo could be cheating on them with me. So... Uh, but I've been on the scene a while now, so the films are definitely hip. Um, right. And I think their attitudes have relaxed a little bit, too, at least in the circle that you and I run in. Like, right, the films, right. like, they know what's up. They're more open-minded. They're more, you know, like, there's not that whole hang-up. Because I've had some, you know, it's not just studs who have said the S for S is nasty. I've definitely come across many, many films and film presenting people like, that shit is nasty. Y'all gay, that's too, right, you know, excuse right. my language, y'all, two fags, like that's, so I've gotten the venom from both sides, so, you know, it's just, it's all about how, you know, you view it and how you look at it, what's your perception of it, you know, and I think that might have to do with them maybe feeling a little threatened, like, oh, oh like, sure. you know, I, I, it's bad enough I gotta worry about other films, and, and now I gotta worry about you too, like, you know, so I get that, but. I used to retort back then that, you know, did you ever think that maybe it's you that's driving your partner to my bed? What are you doing? Like, if that's your attitude about it, then I can see why they're not really communicating with you about what they need or what they want. And they just find it easier to cheat. I'm not saying that that's good. You know, that's not an excuse to be a cheater and a liar, but I can see the reasoning behind it. So, you know, I get that. Right now, have you had that happen where the boy comes to you like, you know, I feel comfortable with you. I can bring this up with you, what I like, you know, and I can't bring that up with maybe they're more feminine or even if they're with another boy, but, you know, with another woman, period. Yeah, I get that quite often. Like, that's a lot of what I get, you know, they just, just not comfortable. Um, so, you know, so here's the thing. So you, you, you have a partner, you're dating her, you know, uh, I'm a stud, she's a film, and you're at a, you know, y'all are dating, y'all are having sex, but, you know, y'all are, it's you doing the work and you pleasing her, and, and it's great for her. She's great. She's bragging to her friend. Oh, my gosh, she's the best. She's my boo. You know, she's hitting it right. And then you have a casual conversation at dinner, and she, you know, stuff for stuff comes up, and she's like, 
or or studs being penetrated, she says some something like, "Oh, well, that's some bitch ass shit." I, I couldn't even respect my bae if she letting somebody bend her over. But Bay had it in yes. her head, you know, when we right. get a little bit more comfortable with each other, like, that's exactly what I want you to do. Right, but right. Now, outside of the bedroom, in a casual conversation, you know, showed me all your cards. So now I know I can't go to you with that. So these are things that we need to be cognizant of. People are going to show you who they are real quick. And it didn't, it didn't take long for that to happen. And now you're like, okay, well, clearly I can't go to you. I can't talk to you about this because... Look how you carrying it, you know. You didn't already put my shit out in front of everybody. You let it be known that you're not gonna respect me if I come to you and be like, "Hey, I want you to put my legs in the air. I want to bend over for you. I want to submit to you." So, you know, when you when be careful what you say, or just be cognizant that you know people are gonna hear what you say, what you you think you're being cute and saying something snarky, and somebody's listening to that and they know how you roll. And then you wonder why your partner ain't communicate with you. And then you wonder why they're stepping out. So I get that a lot. And it saddens me. And that's why I really, you know, make it a point to empower the people that I'm with and give them the language and the right. tools and the freedom and the space and the patience to deal with all that and to be able to leave me and go to whoever they're with current or future and be like look this is who I am this is what I need from you this is what I would like to do with you is that something we can explore you know and see where that goes but they should be they should at least be comfortable in going to their partner and saying that so I hope that you know I try to empower them to seek out somebody that's gonna validate them and listen to them and respect them be patient with them you know, because you're you're never more vulnerable than when you're naked. Right. You know, you're showing everything. You're exposed. There's nothing to cover you, right? You you are seen all natural. And you want to be with somebody that's going to hold space for that. It's going to respect that. You know, you have to feel safe to give up your body and give up your mind. Because sex is very mental, very emotional. So if you don't feel comfortable with somebody, um then you shouldn't give them that. You shouldn't do that. So that's what I try to, you know. And, and it's, I'm, I'm amazed, but I'm not. Like, that. that's not a thing. I've come across so many boys who, they've never had that. They've never had anybody, you know, check in with them during sex. Hey, are you okay? Is this okay? Does right. that feel good? I've never had anybody tell them before they start having sex, look, if, if I'm doing anything that makes you uncomfortable or anything that hurts, you tell me immediately and I will stop immediately. They've never had that. So basically what I'm saying is they never knew that they had choices. They never sure. knew that they could sure. voice. They never knew that they could speak up because nobody's ever given them a space to do that. You know, you don't born, you know, you're not born knowing everything that has to do with sex and the sad part is that we get a lot of our sexual cues from the wrong places, i.e. Pornhub. That's hub, the truth, yeah. Right? Or heterosexual sex. And we're trying to morph or make heterosexual sex conform to us. And I'm telling people, you don't even got to do that. Why are you making something right, else conform right. to us? Make your own shit. Make some shit that's customized for you. It doesn't have to be 
what you see on Pornhub. It doesn't have to be what your what your male homies describe to you while y'all playing video games or in the locker room. It doesn't have to be any of that. It can be exactly what you want it to be. It can look like exactly what you want it to look like. So once I, you know, tell them those things and have them unlearn those bad habits and learn healthier ways of communication, healthier ways of expression, um, then it just transforms them. It's like a whole new life because now everything has changed. Everything that I know about sex and pleasure has changed because I have a voice. Exactly. They finally have a voice. So, you know, I know a lot of people don't really understand what I do. I know there's some people that don't even take it seriously, that think it's, it's bullshit or that I'm full of shit. And I get it, you know, because you're not here, you're not there, you don't know. I understand. But I believe with all my heart that, you know, I'm, I'm changing lives just one at a time. Really you, 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 you really are. You really are. You really are. And that's why I definitely wanted you here to share your journey and your story. Because like you said, especially, you know, like me, I'm 35, you're 42. In our age group, we had, you know, we did mimic a lot of like heteronormativity. And a lot of us are still kind of unlearning. And like you said, we're like, hey, it's okay to have these feelings as boys. It's okay, you know, to express what we need, you know, what hurt, what doesn't hurt, you know, what uh -huh. we desire. So it's definitely, you know, I'm definitely, you know, glad that that you, you know, you pointed that out. And some things what I've been seeing and, you know, and maybe with you, if, you know, with maybe some of the younger people you've been involved with, what I've seen is like, of course, these younger people, and I definitely, you know, want to give a shout out to all the younger, you know, people in their 20s, especially, because they don't have these hangups because of all of, you know, the resources, you know, that yes. they have. Have you found being with younger boys to be easier for you? yes and no so okay. you're right you're absolutely right they don't have those hang-ups they are a lot more sexually free I, what i say is they don't have a lot of bad habits so i don't have right. to break unbreak un, un, un a lot of bad stuff with them right because they do come in with an open mind they do come in more sexually free because they've had access to porn since they were born like you know right. or they're more have more knowledge right they, literally they've come out with at the swipe of something they can find out anything you want to know we had Encyclopedia Britannica, you know, we had that. Yeah, That's what we yeah, had. Yeah. So we, I literally remember a time when there was no internet, none. Like you had to go to a library and look it all up with the Dewey Decimal System. Like that's right. how old I am. So yes, I do love the youngins. I do in terms of, you know, just, I can, I can wild out with them. Like they are wild. They, they are uninhibited and free and they want to learn. And it's so it's beautiful. Right. However, that's all it is. Like I don't have anything in common with somebody right. that's 22, 23, 24, 25. Right, I just right. don't. It's not, but so many things we can think about. I mean, think of or talk about. How about that? You know, like I'm very political. I'm very into adult social events and oh, for sure. you know current events and you know like complex arguments and some critical thinking and, and no shade to the youngins because I'm not I love them but on a scientific level their brains just isn't there so it's right. really hard for me to relate with them in that aspect so that's kind of where I'm at now believe it or not I you know the youngins, I just, they love me. And I be, I literally, show me some ID. Like, you just right. look young and say, I need to know. Because I'm not going to get caught up. Like, I need to know. Like, a legit 
ID, show me. Um, but that's really seemed to be all I'm attracting lately. And it's a little bit frustrating because I, you know, my age range for me is, is 35 and up. Right, like I, right. I tend to get, I tend to get literally the 22 to 28 year olds. And I'm like, you're like, why? <laughs> I, just, I just can't, I can't be a daddy. I can't daddy all of you. Like I can't. And they're all wrapped up because they're like, okay, well, damn, you know, she's super grown. She got a, you know, a big old job. She got her own place. Like, oh, my God. Right. I'm <laughs> you know, they all live at home, right? Because none of them can afford to be on their own. So they be trying to fake move in here with me and want to spend two or three days. I'm like, no, sweetie. You, no, right? you can't just spend the night. You need to go <laughs> right? back home to your twin bed and your your stuffed animals and going about your business. You're not staying here with me. So, yeah. Like, why are you still here? You need me to get you a literally, lift? I mean, <laughs> but, uh, I've done that. I've done that. I've literally, I'm like, look, your lift is coming in 15 minutes. What? <laughs> like, yes, boo. 15 minutes. Get yourself together. Go wash up. You know, put your clothes on. Oh, my bag. Eight minutes. Hurry up. <laughs> right. Up. Yeah, I don't, I don't play that. So I, I sleep alone and yeah, the only pussy that can get in my bed is my cat. So it's stay the night. So yeah. Yeah. Right. Hey, nothing wrong with that. You're only kicking facts right now. And, you know, <laughs> you know, and this is really positive. You know, people may be like, oh, you know, that's all she's talking about. But these are issues that all of us really go through. We all for the most part, most of us do have sex. Most of us, you know, do have the, you know, do have these, you know, things that maybe we don't want to admit, but, you know, hearing mm -hmm. you and seeing your image out there, you know, that does help a lot of people, you know, of all, you know, people of all ages. So definitely thank you and continue to do what you do. And I also want you to talk more about, you know, you have now, if, they, if you want to talk about it right now, of course, you have, you have a documentary coming up, Slade. I do. I'm very excited for this premiere. Oh my God. Listen, um, <laughs> I am equally parts hella excited and very equally part scared to death. Like, I don't even know. I, I know for a fact it's going to change my life. I just don't know in what capacity, and I don't know how overwhelmed I'm going to be, and can I handle it? And, um, you know, I'm still old school, so this whole go viral thing is very scary. You know, I don't, I'm not used to having a whole bunch of attention on me. You know, it used to be that way because DC is small, but now everybody knows me. And I've been here for 21, 22 years now, so it's not a thing anymore. Like, it's not weird to see me with a boy or two or three. Oh, that's just Kai. Yeah, it's not a problem. But, you know, the greater, you know, and I'm, I'm known all over the country, but, I, you know, this is going to blow up to things that are just beyond my imagination. But I really am excited for it because um, I think, People are going to be, I can tell you right now, you will be entertained flat out. But more importantly, you're going to leave this documentary and you're going to be thinking, uh, you're going to reevaluate some things. And that's the whole point of it, right? Uh, you can, you know, you can have an opinion about it one way or another, but what you will do is you will leave here questioning some things, rethinking some things, reevaluating some things, and you're going to try to figure out your life. So it's going to be both parts entertaining and educating and insightful so there's definitely you're gonna hear and see some things about me that you never knew uh, my ex is in it so y'all wow. know that's gonna be some tea <laughs> like 
I did not think that she would want to be a part of it because she's moved on and I'm super happy for it. You know, it's great. You know, mm-hmm. we, we get along just fine and she's nice. doing just fine. And I didn't know if she was going to be okay doing this documentary. And surprisingly, she was way okay with it. You know, we've been apart for five years and, you know, we're both totally over each other. And she understood. She said, well, you know, I know I'm a huge part of your life. That's what I told her. I said, you know, I'm asking you to do this because you were a huge part of my life. We've been together eight years. And, you know, that's the longest I had been with anybody. That's the longest she had been with anybody. So that is a huge part of my adult life and my growing years. Uh, she witnessed the birth of Stud Slayer, literally the, the transformation, the growth, the evolution, the wow. ups and downs, all of that. She was a witness to that. So I was scared about the documentary because to me, if she wasn't going to be a part of it, I don't feel we could have done it because again, she's a huge part of my life. So when she jumped on board, I knew it was going to be special. And then when other people jumped on board, it just, man, it's, so I've seen some rough cuts and some rough, you know, edits. And I saw the first five minutes of the film and cried. Uh, because, you know, I've seen some interviews from other people. And of course, I know what I said in my interviews. So I remember those things, but I just, I'm not a filmmaker, so I don't know how to make a film. But my director and my, my friend, my creative partner, you know, uh, Nikki Deeds, she is a genius. And so yeah, I Shout just out to Nikki know, too. Shout Nikki out to her. Is, she's my baby. You know, I didn't know how she was going to link these interviews and these scenes together. But man, I saw literally saw the first five minutes of the film and I cried. Like I was so emotional. Like I, I yeah, I'm telling you, this is gonna be some real shit, y'all. Like this, yeah. I, yeah. So you're gonna, you know, everybody knows Stud Slayer, or at least the people that know me, Stud Slayer, right? But now you're really gonna meet Kai. Like seriously, things that you never heard of, you didn't know. Now you're gonna know. So Right, and we are all looking forward to it. it it's y'all. It, it's going to be heat. It's definitely going to be heat. Man, you know, definitely has shown me love. I had so yes. much support. So I didn't. You know, there were so many people I didn't even know interviewed. I saw some of the interviews because uh, Nikki keeps me in the dark, as she should. You know, she doesn't want my interviews to be influenced by anything that I've seen, or you know what I'm saying, or anticipation of what she she and the interviewers are going to ask me. So I don't, you know, I wish I could talk more about the documentary. It's not because I don't want to, but they literally keep me in the dark on purpose. Right. So I get that. But, um, so they let me see a few of those interviews and like, there were people in there that I was just like, no way. I had no idea they were going to be in it. So I was like, oh, this shit is going to slap so hard. So there's like a lot of local DC people here. This is really, this documentary is, uh, it's not only my legacy, right? But it's a gift. It's a gift to the community. It's my gift to the community. It's just me giving y'all something that y'all can see forever. That's a piece of me and a piece of my message and a piece of my love and my ode to DC. Because let me tell you, I was not born and raised here, right? But I have literally spent my entire, entire adult life here been here since I was 20 so no 21 so you know this is my second home this is home Mm -hmm. DC is what I know 
Right. I, I, even driving back to my itty bitty, tiny, tiny hometown, I damn near get lost because I used, <laughs> I used to go in there, right? But anywhere in the DMV, bitch, from Moco County all the way to goddamn Woodbridge, bitch, I got you. You know, like that's that's the DMV, right? So right. Um, it's I can't wait for DC because y'all know DC is gonna see it first before anybody. And I've gotten requests from some major um, film festivals. I've gotten requests from nice. New York, Atlanta, Minnesota, uh, Detroit, Oakland, L.A. Oh, did I say Atlanta? Yeah, Atlanta. So I've, you know, just people just, and it's not even finished. And people are like, yo, this, this shit is going to be some fire. We want to go ahead up and get in line. We, you know, so I had everything lined up, and then COVID hit. So I'm praying that, you know, shit gets better um, and that I can show it live because I think it really hits harder when you can see people's reaction and, you know, you can get feedback and stuff like that. So on the one hand, COVID really kind of messed us because we would have already shown the premiere. It was actually supposed to premiere, I think, May 12th. Yeah. Um, And, you know, that didn't happen because of COVID. But um, on the one hand, you know, that was really a bummer. But on the other hand, too, it literally just gave us time to really make it the best piece of artwork and be true to me and be true to the director's vision that it can be. So we are really just fine-tuning it and spit-shining it to be just perfect. I want it to be the most perfect gift I can give the DMV. You know, it has to be perfect. So we're really proud of it. I'm really happy about it. Uh, I'm scared, but I'm happy. Um, yeah, I I can't wait for everybody to see it. I think y'all are really going to enjoy it. Y'all are going to take away some strong messages. And uh, It's a feel-good thing. You know, it's not scandalous. It's not drama-filled. It's a Right. Feel good, enlightening documentary, and I'm really proud of it. Right. And we all, we're all ready. I think that's what it is the anticipation's building. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I remember time you posted, hey, I'm doing this documentary. It's like, oh my God, I was already ready right yeah. there. Uh, so Some people thought I was crazy. Like, they didn't quite believe it. But I think it became real for people when I made the documentary Instagram and when the yeah. posters came out. Then y'all knew it was real. Like, oh, this is some real shit. Yes, it's real. It's real. This is going to happen. But this was a long time making, you know. Uh, I've been asked to do this three times. And I just said yes last year. So what made other- you just say it? Like, you were just like, you know what? Y'all want it. Let me no, give it, it to wasn't, you. No, no. It wasn't even about what y'all. Because at that time, we didn't know what it was going to be. This right. Morphed, it started off as one thing and literally morphed into something completely different. And we're grateful for that because it was an organic process. So it was, it didn't start off, oh, let me do this. And because a lot of people like, oh, you, you just too much, Kai. You literally went and made a documentary <laughs> about yourself. No, I did not. I, I did not make a documentary. This is not, it's about me, but I did not make it. I don't have anything to do with how it's put together, right? What it looks like how it's edited, I'm going to be as much in the dark as you are. I don't have any, you know, say-so in it. I mean, I get asked questions and for certain opinions, but it's not my movie, right? It's not my vision and it's not my story, but it's about me and it's going to be true to me, so there's no doubt about that. But I think I was ready this time. It's just the right time. I think yeah, yeah. times Nikki asked me, I, I, wasn't in, I wasn't ready. I was in a space in my life where I couldn't handle all that. It wasn't the right time. I was going through something. 
you know, but last year when she asked me, you know, could we do it? And she's so slick with it. Like she's, that's, she's <laughs> slick as shit. I love her. She's so patient, but she's so slick. So she, you know, of course she slid it in while I was, you know, having a good time and lit up at Wicked Bloom. And I was like, yeah, we can do it. And she ran with that shit. Next thing you know, I'm getting a call a week later, like, yeah, you know, we're gonna, I need a list of people. We're gonna do this. I was like, oh, she's serious as fuck. But she ain't playing no games. So I'm glad we actually did jump on that. Cause we actually started filming in November, right before Thanksgiving. And we ended right, literally we ended right before everything locked down in March. So. Right. And that's journey. That is great, and we are all looking forward to that. Um, is there anything else you'd like everybody to know about you? Anything at all? No, that's what the documentary is for. I pumped well, a lot of money into that thing. Y'all I mean, you might have a message. I mean, you might have a message for the kids or something. I mean, oh, you know. I mean, you know, my message is, is what it's always been. Listen, be yourself as best you can as safely as you can because I understand there are times that you can't be yourself for safety reasons so definitely don't put yourself in harm's way but be the best you can when you can as safely as you can um stay true to yourself as much as you can um walk in your own truth you know life is short we see that right if you're black or brown and queer and marginalized you know everything is stacked against us as, as soon as we you know open our eyes like everything so it's hard for us. Nothing comes easy for us. But with that being said, this is still your life, right? And there are going to be people out here who are going to try to tell you that you aren't who you are. You shouldn't do what you do. They want you to be uh, an image that they created for you. And, you know, again, as safely as you can, buck that. Buck that way of thinking. Fuck that. Be who you want to be. You know, express yourself be you, live in your truth, walk in your truth, because at the end of the day, you'll feel a lot better. There's nothing worse than having to hide who you are, a piece of who you are. It's, it's devastating. It's, it hurts. It's a, it's a hard burden to carry. So, you know, if you like what you like and you want to do what you do and you, you are who you are, then be that authentically and be proud and be unapologetic about it. That's my message. Right, and y'all, that is what it takes and what it means when you're just being a beacon in your own life. Because y'all, when you are a beacon in your own life, that light just, it radiates. It completely yeah. radiates. You know, Kai has taken the words right out of my mouth. Y'all be good. <laughs> Continue to be beacons in your own lives. There'll yes. be more links included on, you know, on whatever Kai wants y'all to know. And as usual, yes. y'all be able to reach out to me, less at lesslighthouse.com. You have my um, links in the descriptions below as well. Y'all take oh, my, it easy. My Instagram, oh. oh, I'm sorry. My Instagram is uh, a stud underscore slayer underscore. And the, doc, uh, the IG for the documentary is at Slade documentary. All that's on IG. I just have a, a, a brand new trailer I put up uh, for Pride Weekend. Y'all can go take a look at that. Um, also, any questions you have, you know, any any intimate questions or just, you know, you want to, you, you just want to run something by me, my DMs are always open. As long as it's not nothing crazy and disrespectful, I always answer DMs. I don't really have an issue with that. But uh, IG is probably the best way to get at me. Uh, publicly and uh i really appreciate you having me listen thank you so much i yeah, i'm really honored to be here i'm i'm, I'm honored that you uh, participated in my my uh round table for the boys like your input your opinions are always 
cherished and respected and loved. Like that was a very healing space too. We should do yes. that more often. Oh, for sure. Actually, for we were sure. planning another one and then again, yes. COVID hit. And I guess we can do it online. That's not an right. issue. So actually we right. should try to do that. We should try to get the boys together again and do like a check-in, a mental health check-in, emotional check-in, make sure everybody's good. I think actually we should, we should organize that. We should really do that. Sure, and everybody else, you heard it. Feel free, we'll definitely include links about that when it happens as well. And yes. I'll have the, I'll have all of Kai's information so y'all can DM her, ask her uh, intimate yes. questions, all right? All right, y'all, y'all take it easy and be good. See y'all, talk to y'all soon. Bye-bye.